Hi there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And I appreciate you being here with us today and uh, looking for the natural resources that can help you to recover your child from the symptoms of autism. And I always like to say that the definition of recovery is to regain health. And that is exactly what we want to do for our kids, is get them to the optimum health possible uh, by working with uh, the biology, that's how I worked with my son. It actually, uh, the gut uh, controls the brain and the immune system. And by working with his biology, he, he today has no, no longer has symptoms of autism. So I have a lot of valuable resources to share. We're here every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern. So tune in, share this with your friends, and uh, let them know that these resources exist. And uh, make sure you know about my website is naturallyrecoveringautism.com. And today we are talking about uh, all things of how to create a positive dental experience for your child with autism. And as usual, I have created a link for you. So if you're driving or you're out on your morning run that uh, you don't have a pen and paper handy, you don't have to scramble to figure out um, what those links were. So the page uh, I have created for you is at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash dental, D-E-N-T-A-L. And uh, we have a guest with us today, Jocelyn Sewell, who is a uh, registered dental hygienist. She's an expert trainer with a background in learning and development with an emphasis in adult learning theory. Passionate about leadership, team engagement, professional development of others, Jocelyn is currently the Director of Hygiene and People Development for Carolina's Dentist in North Carolina. And as a dental hygienist and an autism mom, Jocelyn is in a unique position to bring her her two worlds together and loves nothing more than training dental professionals how to treat patients with autism and how to help families affected with biotism find ways to help their loved ones achieve optimal oral health. Now, I know I can tell you from my own experience with my own son that he has, from the time he was pretty young, had dental issues. And I remember, you know, he was eating a fairly good diet. We were careful about things even before I knew everything I know now. But what I can tell you is that because our children have a poor digestive tract, their, their gut is usually weak. You know, they're usually picky eaters. There's things called leaky gut. Um, we've discussed that in some other episodes, but um, I also have a free workshop if you want to really learn more, if you haven't uh, haven't uh, gotten that information yet at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. But there is, uh, what happens is we get mineral deficiencies because our kids aren't absorbing the nutrition from their food properly. And so what happens is the body will seek out where there are minerals uh, to you know, just to derive them to for other resources in the body, and the bones and the teeth are those areas. So that's one of the reasons why we see weak dental issues in a lot of kids with autism. So um, I'd like to introduce uh, Jocelyn uh, to you now. And, and Jocelyn, can you give us some background too? Why don't we start with some of that? Like when you see your child has poor dental issues or or weak teeth as a baby, you know, of course, you know. Should that be an indicator, and, and what steps should a parent take at that point? Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Um, really, really excited about this. Um, you know, I think what I would love to start with is even before your child has teeth or determining whether those teeth are weak or strong, which some dental professionals would argue that maybe that's not 
and that's more of a myth and it's actually externally what's happening to our teeth. So there's plenty of scientific debate about that. But um, our, our oral health in a lot of ways is determined by what the bacteria levels are inside our mouth. And when babies are born, we are the ones who give them the bacteria and establish what type of bacteria will be inside their oral cavity. And so if we're, when we kiss on them and love on them, um, we are sharing our bacteria with them. And if we have active decay, if we have gum disease called periodontal disease, if we have lots of inflammation and our mouths are not healthy, we are already giving that poor kid uh, you know, some, some, a, a little more difficult thing to come to have to overcome because they've got the bacteria that causes those things as part of their baseline. And so I would say even before I would encourage pregnant mothers or if you continue, you want to have more babies, please, please, please take care of your oral health. Um, things like I've seen moms where the pacifier drops, they pick it up, put it in their mouth to clean it off, and then they put it right in baby's mouth. And so different things like that, we are passing the bacteria along. A lot of people don't realize that cavities are actually a transmissible disease and it's through bacteria and that can all be prevented. And I hope we get to talk about that today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely tell uh, all, all of the parents that are in my, my, my program that, that, you know, you don't want to, and I hate to say it, but don't want to kiss them on the lips. You try not to share apples or drinks or, you know, taste their food off of a uh, you know, spoon because you're transferring, you know, anything that you have in your mouth, various bacteria into your child's mouth and they're giving and you just keep giving it back and forth and also if you're working really hard to detoxify your child and get their health back up to 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 the right place but you're not doing it for yourself at the same time and then you're still sharing food and water and spoons etc then you just keep passing it back and forth so the whole family really needs to take this on as a plan so how what do you suggest is best to to you know begin where do we begin with telling people about uh, the best way to i know getting a child sometimes to brush that has autism can be challenging and i know this is great that you have you're a mom of a child with autism you work with children with with autism and dental offices, you have this experience because the dental office can be very traumatic for the parent just having to take them there, but then for the child. And we want to make this a pleasant experience. So, you know, getting a child to brush in the first place starts things that, uh, things that you can do at home. So what, what do you suggest at home happening first there? Uh, you know, first of all, I think if you've been through, if you've done any type of behavior therapy with your child, it's going to follow a lot of those things that it's always, it should always be more positive reinforcement. And um, for a lot of the kids that I've worked with where parents just get desperate and they hold the kids down and brush their teeth because they just haven't brushed their teeth in a couple of weeks and then it's this traumatizing experience that in every way possible, try to always reward that good behavior, even if it's I'm just able to hold my toothbrush today and not throw it across the bathroom. And so, you know, there's lots of different, we can talk about apps and programs and things like that that will encourage kids to brush. But um, for me with um, Ethan, uh, we know that individuals with autism don't generalize very well. And I always recommend if they fight with you in the bathroom, try doing it at a different room in the house. 
sit while they're watching TV or playing a game, sit with them and brush their teeth then while they're distracted by something else. Get a different color toothbrush, make it look different because for them, they, some, many of them don't generalize it well and it's a totally different experience. And I think also if you wait until the end of the day right before bed, even though that's an ideal time to brush, they're tired, they're done, they've had enough sensory stuff for the day, they need a break. And remember that you just want to remove that plaque mechanically a couple of times a day. If it, it's better before dinner, then at least get it done before dinner rather than the fight and make it awful after dinner. Yeah, that, and that's such a simple thing to, to actually think about is instead of it having to always take place in the bathroom or if you've already had a traumatic experience trying to get them to brush in the, in the bathroom, then they start to assimilate the bathroom with trauma and stress. And so if you can do it somewhere else in the house, and like you said, when they're distracted doing something else, maybe playing a game or something, they could, they could be doing it. So yeah, I mean, things that really can be <laughs> so simple. Um, and uh, what else can they do besides, um, besides keeping their teeth uh, brushed well? Um, what else about flossing and, and other ways to keep their teeth healthy that you suggest? So I would say, you know, flossing, think less about flossing and think more about cleaning in between the teeth. So there are lots of different things that you can use, whether that's a soft pick or a toothpick, or if you can clean in between their teeth with something, then that's going to be ideal. But I would love for us to talk a little bit about xylitol and some other things that we can do to affect the makeup of the bacteria if we can't always brush it off. Yeah, absolutely. We need to take a short break right here. When we come back, we'll definitely start in with that, uh, the other aspects and some natural resources that we can utilize to, to help the bacterial uh, growth in the mouth and reduce it. Uh, this is Karen Thomas, and you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Stay with us. We will be right Hi there, and welcome back. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism, and I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today, we're talking about how to create a positive dental experience for your child with autism. And many of us have experienced uh, these issues of our child having dental issues early on in life and then taking them to the the dental office and, and how that can be stressful for both parent and child. So we have Jocelyn Sewell here, a registered dental hygienist with an autism uh, background with working with children with autism and an autism mom herself, who is uh, sharing natural resources and ways to help make that dental experience be a positive one. So before the break, we were talking about some, began, be, began discussing a little bit about some natural resources. So Jocelyn, can you, um, can you elaborate on uh, some natural resources that are good to help fight that bacteria in the mouth? Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that I think is severely underutilized is the use of xylitol. Xylitol is an alternative sweetener, and xylitol has five carbons instead of sugar. Sugar has six carbons. So what that means is, one, it is really, really sweet, and so the bacteria lit. But when the bacteria take in the xylitol, they cannot digest it, and it actually kills the bacteria that causes cavities, um, specific, I mean, it, it kills strep mutans. It also makes the teeth really, really slick, so the bacteria cannot stick. And what's interesting is, you know, xylitol comes in 
toothpaste, in gums, in suckers, in mints, in mouthwash. And what you want to do to try to use xylitol to prevent or to help with the bacterial levels in um, your child's uh, mouth is you want to strive for five. You want to have five exposures in a day. You want to make sure that you have uh, the therapeutic dose, that you have pure xylitol stuff. Um, and there's some brands that I love and I always go to, but it's actually very easy to get five exposures in a day. So I use xylitol toothpaste morning and night with my kiddos, and then I give them a piece of candy or some gum after morning, uh, after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It feels a little counterintuitive to give my kids candy before they go to bed or, um, you know, after dinner, but I do know that it's helping their oral health. And if you look into the research on xylitol, I wish I would have known this much earlier on. Um, Ethan suffered from ear infections a ton when he was little in the first couple years of life. And Ethan developed normally, walked early, talked early. And then at 22 months, the brick walls went up and he stopped talking and even understanding what it was that I said to him. And so six months later is when we got our autism diagnosis. But the research on xylitol says that um, you can use xylitol in a nose spray. And if you use xylitol in a nose spray with infants regularly, you can decrease ear infections by up to 94%, which is amazing. So we're keeping them off of antibiotics, which as you talked about earlier with digestive issues, I mean, being on antibiotics is really tough on the body. I've heard recently that it takes an entire year for your gut flora to return to normal after you've been on one round of antibiotics and Ethan was on it over and over and over again. So there are benefits for the oral health and for obviously sinus health, nasal health, ear health. And there's also some really interesting research that says if pregnant moms will use xylitol while they're pregnant, then as they're introducing that bacteria to baby, then it's a much healthier bacteria, and they've seen the effects of that even after they stop xylitol to last up to potentially two years. Yeah, that that is true. I've seen um, most of those studies, and I, I I believe I have some blog posts on that at on my website naturallyrecoveringautism.com. I started my son on xylitol lollipops when he was. I think he was maybe about 10. Um, there was also a company, and I, you, I really want to make sure, and I believe it's called Dr. John's. I'll look, I'll look and be sure and link to it yep. on the, the page there. But they have lollipops and candies that are, they don't have artificial flavors and colors in them. You know, you want to, I want to caution everybody mm-hmm. with that, and especially with the holidays coming up. Uh, I have an entire post, blog post on my website about artificial food colorings. They are really, really bad. They contain some heavy metals. They contain a lot of contain a lot of toxics. They toxins. They negatively affect the brain and behavior. So you want to be sure that you're getting a pure source of of these uh, these olipops mm-hmm. and these these xylitol uh, tooth toothpaste, etc. And they do exist. And there are some great ones out there. The lollipop idea is nice because they're sucking on it for a long time, and the long where the, the xylitol is in the mouth, then the more it can mm-hmm. uh, take effect on that bacteria. 
And and uh, just for the listeners, uh, Jocelyn mentioned strep mutans a moment ago, and strep mutans is the bacteria that actually causes cavities. And uh, and so that's what we want to do is the xylitol is helpful in helping to kill the strep mutans. Uh, so that's really important. And then if your child has any sinus infections or if you've listened in and you've heard the uh, the episode we did on mold biotoxins, one of the infections in the nasal passages called Marcon's is an antibiotic-resistant staph infection that comes in the nasal passages. And that will, not only is it close to the brain and crossing the blood-brain barrier, but it also drips down the sinuses into the mouth, and that bacteria then is also in the mouth. So when you treat through the sinuses, you're also helping to uh, to help the, the, the mouth and the gut and the mouth biome as well. Uh, we need to take a brief break, and uh, and then we'll come back and we'll we'll continue this, and we'll also discuss about uh, the experience that uh, can make your child more comfortable at the dental office as well. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. We're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Thank you for being here with us. We're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio, and we have registered dental hygienist Jocelyn Sewell with us today, and we are discussing all things to help uh, create a positive dental experience for your child with autism. So right now, we we'd uh, like to go into I'd like to go into a little bit uh, more about you know how we can make the experience the transition from home to the dental office and then uh, at, once you're at the dental office, how you can prepare your dentist. Uh, perhaps you like the dentist that you have and you want to help to to guide them or maybe you can find a dentist who knows how to work with children with autism a little better. I'm, I'm not sure. How would you uh, suggest um, that transition to the dental office and then what they can do once they're there? Great question. Uh, as much as you can prepare beforehand is going to be best. There are several ways that you can do that. There's an app called My Healthy Smile, and it has at-home little videos and then in the dentist. And so it's built a little bit like social stories. So if you want to see what happens when you get, um, you know, the picture of your teeth taken, it'll walk you through, shows you what an exam looks like. And it's very engaging. That helps a lot. I also love to use, um, they're called Look At Me Now videos, and you go and you, t- you can take a picture of your child, you know, front-facing, and you upload the picture, and then they can take that picture and cut out, you know, their head and transpose it onto this video, and then it's the child is watching themselves inside this dental appointment. I did some, you know, a little bit of formal research with them where I took children with autism who either had a bad experience or who had never been and showed what it would look like when they came to see me and I, you know, saw them as their dental hygienist before videos and then what we did using videos and it was amazing what we were able to accomplish with having them prepped. I would also recommend that you work with your dental office and ask them what happens inside the appointment and if they can give you some things to take home so things like the gloves the mask the it's called the profi angle it's the little thing that they brush the teeth with um you know just different things like that for the child to see to play with um i had one kiddo that had a lot of medical issues that the gloves were a really as soon as he saw gloves 
he was really, really nervous and hated it. And so we sent gloves home with mom and dad and we didn't even have them do anything, but they would put on the gloves while they were playing with him or they would put on the gloves. They got up to the point where they'd put on the gloves while they brushed his teeth and we had to desensitize him just to that. So knowing your child and what their triggers are and then communicating that with your dental provider is going to be really important. So there's the work you can do at home. I would also suggest I have run into so many families that are afraid that their dental provider will not see their children if they have autism, so they omit that. And they just hope that the visit's gonna be okay. I would recommend, please, please, please do not do that because it makes it really difficult for your child and for the dental professional who doesn't know that they need to do anything different and then they're frustrated and the child is frustrated and it ends up terrible for everybody. I have created an autism-specific medical history that I'll send to you, Karen, if you'd like to share it. it yeah, absolutely. Through, um, the, you know, the medical history for a typical dental office is not going to touch on light sensitivities or oral sensitivities or struggles or noises or things like that. And um, really having that prepared and filled out and have a conversation with your dental hygienist or your dentist before you come in and have a game plan. When I'm seeing patients, myself as a clinician, I love to do the appointment first thing in the morning or right after lunch if the office takes a lunch break because first thing in the morning, the smells are not as intense, it's not as loud, it's not as crazy, or if you're, you know, your, your professional is willing to come in 30 minutes early for your child, especially on that first visit, then um, that will be, you know, that always works well to get them in and out. Um, for dental professionals, we have to know and be willing that when you're treating somebody with autism, you, you may get everything done and you may get absolutely nothing done. And it'll take frequent visits, short visits to get them used to it. So um, I, I consider a successful first visit if they sit in the chair and even just let me look inside their mouth with my gloves on. And it's gonna depend if they have had a traumatic experience in the past or how sensitive they are. And so those are some of the things that I would recommend um, sharing with your dental professional and always, always communicate. I know that they're dentists and we think, oh, I can't call my doctor and you know take their time, but I think that they would love it for you to Schedule a 30-minute call to talk about how best for them and for your child to make it a successful visit. Well, and if they're hopefully a good person, they're not just a good dentist, but they're a good person, that they're going to be willing to listen to parents and to work with a child and have some patience. And, um, you know, I think when somebody is just educated in something, they know more about what's going on and, and maybe why a child does something. Um, I can link to the episode I did recently about sensory processing disorders. You learn a little bit about why a child does the things that they're doing. And, and then somebody okay. isn't maybe taking it personally somehow or understands the child better, then I think it helps a lot. And, and they'll understand that this is something a child's not doing on purpose. They're not trying to act out or be ornery or 
or disrespectful. It's just that they're so stressed because they're, they're on, for one, sensory overload. And once a child with autism gets into that or starts feeling fear, it's hard for them to come out of that loop. So we want to keep them, you know, really at a, a calm base as long as we can. And if those uh, those dentists and any, any practitioner that you take your child to has a greater understanding of children with autism, that's why I would say either find somebody who is comfortable with autism or has worked with children with autism or educate that person if you really like those practitioners and they're open and they're willing and they want to learn uh, as I think all should be that uh, that you know you can once you have the tools and the resources like some of these resources were given this uh, show that you'll be able to share those so um, we're getting close to needing to take a break but I'd like to you know talk a little bit about getting into where we're going to be uh, discussing maybe some of those things then uh, after the break about what we can get um, or what we can have at the dental office, Um, some of these tools you mentioned, um, but uh, some other things that we can do when, when they're at the dental office itself. So I'm sorry, we need to take a short break. Stay with us. We will be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio, and uh, greatly appreciate you being here. We've got some resources not only for you to help your child have a positive dental experience, but we're also going to now share a, a few things that our guest, Jocelyn Sewell, has to be able to help educate not only the, your, you as a parent, um, but how to find a dental provider that might be able to help uh, treat your child and how your dentist might be able to get uh, some training behind this. So, Jocelyn, can you can you share that with us? Absolutely. Um, I, I think probably in the way that we find many of the resources that we need as parents of kids with special needs is to ask other families with special needs. And um, so, you know, sometimes in your neighborhood or in your support group, that's always a great question to ask. I would recommend there a lot of pediatric offices also have additional training and resources available to treat individuals with special needs and with autism. I do know there are so many of us affected by autism that, you know, just like me, a dental hygienist who I was in a general dental practice, um, but I'm a, you know, mother of a child with autism. And so the community just started to know who I was and that they could come to me. Um, so when I teach dental professionals, I often recommend that they would set aside time just for patients with special needs. And we find that that time slot ends up filling out months in advance because once you find somebody that can treat your child with special needs, you're loyal, right? You're so happy to go there. Um, so I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, I wish I had like an, I don't know, autismdentist.com or something like that where I could tell you where they are and I don't currently know of a resource like that Um, so I I would ask your support group and things like that but typically your pediatric practices are going to be better prepared I will say um, that before we jump into some training that I have available for dental professionals in my experience um, unfortunately a lot of families came to me desperate for some help because they would call a dental office and they would say, hey, um, I have a child with autism. They've never been to the dental office. I'm just wondering, does anybody there have, you know, special training or are you equipped to treat children with autism? And they said, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can sedate them. And I want to say that while sedation has its place 
especially if a child is in pain or they have a lot of decay or things that they really need to have taken care of, I would encourage parents and dental professionals to exhaust every possibility and to do everything that you can to make sure that they are seeing a dental hygienist and get to the point where they can behave in a situation with a dental hygienist without the need for that. Um, I experienced myself, Ethan had some decay that we had to take care of. And so we had him, you know, go under general anesthesia. And for three days, he was not himself. And so we know that they don't metabolize things like typical people do. And so when I talked to the anesthesiologist, they were like, oh, yeah, actually, you know, we do we do see that a lot more in patients with autism. I'm so grateful. I've been preaching this to dental professionals for years. And finally, recently, in a, um, a, the Journal of American Dental Association had an article that talked about seeing some regression in patients with autism after anesthesia. And so I think that people are starting to pay attention to it more, which is great. Um, so do everything that you can to try to see the dental hygienist. Dental hygienist, what's unique about our profession is we are prevention specialists. We, I mean, that is our focus. And so I, you know, I try to have my kids see the dental hygienist, especially Ethan, more than twice a year because I know that it's worth it. Um, so that's my little soapbox on that. But for dental professionals, I have a CE course. It's free. It's worth three CE credits. It's on dentalcare.com or you can just Google search um, autism, treating patients with autism in a dental setting and look for my name. And so in there, I talk about, um, you know, the, the history or not history, but the prevalence of autism, the signs, the symptoms, things like that for people who don't live with it every day like we do. But I go through, um, you know, the different comorbidities, especially as it relates to oral health, that sometimes we are the ones that see the issues with teeth and know that there's a digestive issue before anybody else does. Um, or various things like that. And then also how to desensitize your patients and to do some behavior modification. And that course, I first published it in 2013. It's peer reviewed and it was completed enough. They had us republish it in 2016. And I think currently it's been completed up to nearly 50,000 times. And I've heard from a lot of parents and professionals that the few little tips and tricks in there are really, really valuable and have helped them immensely in treating their patients with autism. That sounds amazing. I, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I, you know, I'm going to link to to, uh, to Jocelyn's uh, website. Uh, it is, again, dentalcare.com. But the page that I have created for you that I'll put the links from this episode to are, is it naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash dental. So you can remember that, remember that too if you're driving or, you know, there's a lot of things here you haven't been able to write them down. Um, I do know, uh, I have created, and on that page I linked to it, a, a free opt-in for uh, for an anesthesia, uh, a kind of a guide to, to some anesthesia options for children with autism, because what happens is their liver is, is usually congested. Our kids have, have trouble detoxifying, and we need to support their body in the best ways possible 
for detoxifying any toxins that they already have in their body, but also then for if they have more incoming toxins, then the liver just can't process that, the lymphatic system can't drain them out, and they back up, and that's when we see heightened symptoms. So it's really important to to know how to work with that. I I cover all of this in my Autism Moms Mentoring Program, and I'll link to that on the page as well. And if you're not already, if you haven't already subscribed on my website, go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com and right there at the top of the page, subscribe and get on my email list because in about a week, I am releasing a brand new, uh, very short, simplified program. It's just called the Jumpstart First Steps to Detoxification. I have been asked so many times from parents, just what do I do to begin? And these pieces can be really, really helpful to you uh, ongoing forever to know uh, the, the right diet, the couple of supplements that are really, really helpful, and um, just kind of knowing, again, how to to uh, uh, teach muscle testing and things like that in the program. So it's you're able to, to um, learn how to know if a, if a product is okay for your child. And you can even take muscle testing to your dentist's office. My dentist actually muscle tests me before he puts anything in my mouth. So um, I think that that's really an important thing. The body will tell you Amazing. if it'll accept something or not, right? Yeah. So utilize that. And then also what dosages. So, okay, if it's accepted, whether it's a food or a supplement, what dosage? So, um so, yeah, those are really important things to know because we want to help our kids be able to detoxify all the time to, to help their, their physical health and behaviors, uh, but as well um, as helping them in a situation like this where they might have to have something put into their system, which we can hope they don't have to, but sometimes it just needs to happen. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we are coming to you live from Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio Stay with us. We will. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we appreciate you for being here today with us. I have Jocelyn Sewell, a registered dental hygienist, and we are talking about how to create positive dental experiences for your child with autism. And uh, before the break, we were giving some we're links and talking a little bit about prevention, et cetera. But we also want to touch on, okay, if your child actually has uh, something going on that that is, you know, potentially, you know, serious. That, um, Jocelyn, what would you suggest to the parents to, you know, the best route to take and and the way to to uh, to treat those? Um, so, you know, I think that as obviously, if we can prevent it, that's going to be great. Seeing the dental hygienist, using xylitol, doing the best that you can making sure that you are doing the the brushing to the best of your ability. Um, what we might talk about, too, is foods that are better for teeth than others. But one of the things I did want to say um, is that I don't want families to not get dental work done because they're so afraid of the sedation or anesthesia or things like that. If there's an infection in your child's mouth, Unfortunately, we have seen too many people that left dental infections untreated, and that infection can travel to the brain. It's very close proximity. And um, we've seen a few cases in the last 10 years or so of young people that have died from a dental infection. And so it is very, very serious. And I would say even just a toothache, before it gets to that really serious Um, infection, even if it's just a toothache, you imagine the pain and what that do can to really shut somebody down with autism, especially the 
they're heightened to sensitivity where if you notice, you know, they're not quite acting themselves, you're having a hard time with behavior, please pay attention and look inside their mouth and have them checked out and seen by a dental professional and um, do everything that you can so that they have fully functioning teeth and mouth. I would also say that as much as you can do in the beginning um, throughout their life to help establish good habits, what's interesting is what we're seeing with the research in periodontal disease, which is gum disease, and how it affects overall health. And for years, we have said that periodontal disease is associated with heart disease. But what they're finding now is that periodontal disease is actually considered a causative factor for heart disease. And so I would encourage you, your, your oral health is critically important to your overall health. Make it a priority. Get some help. Find out what resources you need and educate yourself because a healthy mouth is so important to functioning and happiness and overall health. Yeah, I actually, my background is uh, for 30 years, I've been a craniosacral therapist. So I do want to mention to, to parents, mm. too, that it's very important uh, after any dental work to get craniosacral work done, because when we're jostling around the, the, the bones in, in the mouth, the maxilla that carries the upper teeth, the, the mandible, and all of the other things, the temporal mm. bones around the ears get really uh, faulted out of position. And that can cause a lot yeah. of behavioral symptoms for kids, and they can be really uncomfortable and you won't know it. Um, it can cause physical and behavioral issues for them both. And um, I have a, a chart right here in my studio on the meridian connections between the teeth and the uh, the different muscles in the body, the different uh, uh, meridian systems that go to things like the heart, lungs, and lymphatic system, like Jocelyn was just mentioning. So these the, the teeth are directly connected to uh, other aspects of our body. It's not just the mouth that we're talking about. And uh, I did an episode with uh, Dr. Panapur on, on um, biosystemic dentistry recently, and you can find that uh, on the radio show page, uh, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash radio show. You can find the links to all of the archives for this show and listen to that episode as we, we talk about that a little bit more in that episode. Um, because I do think, Jocelyn, it would be good to mention, people are always wondering, okay, what are the better foods that I can give my, my child and how can mm-hmm. I get my child to eat them? I do have some super green foods that are organic and they're powdered and they put a little bit of stevia, which is a natural sweetener, uh, healthy. There's a very good company that makes them. And that way, at least all of those greens are concentrated in something that actually tastes good, a powder form, and it can be mixed in with water. So I'll link to it on the the page um, for the show at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash dental. But uh, do you have any particular foods that you really, uh, really like or, or recommend for people that that are really uh, really going to help the teeth a lot. So I think if they're following your prep pro- uh, program, they're going to be far and above, you know, things that, that I would recommend. But for those of us who are, are you know, we're, we're still, maybe we're not great at our food choices or whatever, or like for my son, I know that it's awful, but the kid will do anything for soda, anything for soda. And so, you know, again, like with soda or things like that, it's the, um, frequency rather than the quantity. So when you have, like if you're doing behavioral therapy and they're giving them something sweet, the frequency over and over again is worse. Like I tell people, you're better off having a giant soda one time than sipping on it throughout the day. Not that I recommend that. 
But so for Ethan, you know, looking at research, I know that certain sodas are worse than others. So Mountain Dew, please, if you drink Mountain Dew, stop. It's the worst thing for your teeth and it destroys them. Um, but actually, as far as soda goes, I mean, if you're using something like the ones that have the stevia or whatever, that's even better. But root beer in a test where they took extracted teeth, weighed them, soaked them in various different juices, sodas, whatever, and then weighed them again. Mountain Dew is obviously the worst. One that even fared better than some of the bottled waters, surprisingly, was A&W root beer. Root beer has licorice root in it, and licorice root is good for teeth. And so, again, if you don't drink those things, that's even better. But if you do drink those things occasionally, something like a root beer is going to be much better, even than like a Sprite, anything with citric acid um, or a lot of sugar is going to be worse for your teeth. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I think it's good that you, you mentioned that as well. And parents don't realize that the carbonation in uh, in, in sodas is very harmful, too, uh, because it helps it be, it further depletes some of the calcium absorption in the system. So you've got the sugar, you've got the, the carbonation mm-hmm. aspects, you've got all of these. It's like this this, this whole big concoction of no, <laughs> don't do it. Yes, um, I, yes I avoid have, it. Right. I have a, a list um, on on my homepage of a, 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 a free guide that you can get to the seven foods to avoid. Um, and I, I think that's helpful. And, and in this jumpstart program that I mentioned earlier that I'm releasing next week and in my full Autism Moms Mentoring program, you'll get the entire complete guide to all of the foods, the entire diet, all of the foods you can eat and all of the foods that you should avoid, uh, including, including multiple vegetarian options and things like that because uh, I know that people don't know what to eat and one thing why your kid will crave sugars, sodas, uh, and then gluten and other things is those processed carbohydrates turn to sugar in the body and then also sugars are feeding the bad bacteria like candida, yeast, pathogenic bacteria Uh Uh thrives on that. They need that to live. So when your child has that gut, that bad gut bacteria in them, which most of our kids do with autism, it's feeding off of that. And so the child will crave it because those bacteria are craving it. So if you avoid those foods, you can help to starve Mm -hmm. out those bad bacteria. So that's really important. Uh, We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism, and we're coming to you live from Bold Brave Media. And uh, stay with us. We will be right. Hi, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for joining us today. We are wrapping up uh, an episode here on how to create a positive dental experience for your child with autism. And Jocelyn Sewell has been with us, uh, linking to her website and a lot of the other things that we discussed, including I mentioned craniosacral therapy, so I can uh, show you where to find an educated practitioner. And also, I have a YouTube video that shows parents how to do a couple of gentle holds uh, and you can even do, your, do it to your child while they're sleeping, so that could be helpful as well. Everything I will link to will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash dental. And I want to thank you again, Jocelyn, for being here with us today. Uh, do you have anything to uh, add before we, we wrap up? No, Karen, I would just say thank you so much for having me. This has been a great opportunity, and I will tell you that um, your knowledge and understanding of autism and the science and and everything in there is just so comprehensive and far and above when, um, you know, the other people that I have been able to 
interview with. And so just what a wonderful resource you are to families like mine and helping us make sense of those things and on this journey. And so keep up the great work. Thank you. I definitely intend to. I I, uh, I I appreciate that, in a sense, that my child, when he was diagnosed with autism, I was put on this journey. I know exactly what it feels like to be that parent and to have the searching. So when I now I have 13 years later, I've had, got all that research under my belt besides the prior background in my craniosacral therapy that um, and I continue to research and I I appreciate that you know I've had the experience I had so that now I can share this with parents and really my goal is to help their journey be as simple and supported as possible uh, and uh, and you know just help them get get results for their children and um, and and help their child to live the most happy and fulfilling life possible so yeah I, I always feel like okay my son Jacob was given autism for a reason so that I could work to find out what it would take to recover him and then share it with the world because there's a lot of people out there I think the numbers now up to one in 39 kids diagnosed with autism so um, if, if anybody's listening you know other people who would be interested in this radio show on my website please share the links with them my website is naturallyrecoveringautism.com and uh, the radio sh- sh- link is uh, naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash radio show. And uh, I appreciate everyone being here today to uh, remember that I do have uh, this Jumpstart program coming up in the future, uh, actually very soon. And if you're not on my email list, please uh, hit subscribe at the top of the homepage for naturallyrecoveringautism.com and uh, get on that list so you'll get the emails uh, when they when that program is released soon. And um, and you'll learn uh, all about the other aspects of, of my Autism Moms Mentor training as well if you're interested in that. It's a mentoring program. It's step-by-step. I've taken everything from A to Z, literally, that I know about autism, and I have put it into a uh, a, a step-by-step guide for you to to have it simplified to follow one thing at a time so you don't get overwhelmed because I do know how overwhelming all the information can be. Everything uh, that is there, I have researched and researched and researched and talked to the experts and talked to the developers and and um, and I continue to do that for you so you don't have to because you got your hands full. You just you know need need the support and I understand that. So if you're interested in the things that I offer or if you know others that would be, please share uh, the resources, uh, my website, etc. And um, make sure that other people who need these resources find them as well. Thank you so much for tuning in here with us today. Thank you again, Jocelyn Sewell, for being with us. And uh, join us next week. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, here at uh, Bold Brave Media. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. And I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and we will see you soon.